You're listening to RNIB Connect Radio and I'm joined on the line now, all the way from sunny California, lifestyle blogger and her very own Girl Gone Blind, Maria Johnson. How are you today, Maria? Hey, Chris. I'm doing great. How are you today? I'm feeling fantastic. I'm sorry for waking you up so early, but you know, we need to hear from you first thing on a Thursday morning. Well, you know, I love to do it and I've got a big old cup of coffee here, so not a problem. I'm good to go. Okay, well, that works for me. Now, today we are talking about missing the faces of those who you're speaking to and building memories based on those faces. Yeah, you know, I I wrote a blog about this very topic. Gosh, it must be about a year ago or so, but it applies every day to anyone who has vision loss, who is blind, partially sighted, whether you were born blind or lost sight at a later age. I think that folks could relate to this particular topic, which is missing faces, facial expressions, nonverbal cues, and eye contact. As I understand your sight loss condition, let me get this right, is Lieber's hereditary optic neuropathy which for you, Maria, came on incredibly suddenly. How much of a chance did you have to process what you might miss due to your sight loss? I did not have that much time at all. Labor's Hereditary Optic Neuropathy, or LHON for short, comes on very suddenly, and it can actually take away your vision uh, as early as two weeks, or it can last, you know, up to eight months, give or take. And my vision, I was losing vision in one eye, and about Six months after it started in one eye, the other eye started to go, which is very typical. And by the time I was diagnosed, I had already lost a lot of vision and really was deemed legally blind about a month and a half after I was diagnosed. So in turn, I didn't know I was going blind until I went blind. Uh And, you know, I really had no time to process it. I had no time to figure out what should I look at? What should I do? The second I went, it actually went very quickly. And I think when you're diagnosed with something that there's no treatment or cure for, and you, you know, you're told you're going to go blind, you, you kind of go into denial and shock, which is what I did. So I didn't really think I should be doing anything because I was going to handle it. <laughs> I was going to handle this. I didn't need to, you know, I didn't need to prepare myself because I didn't think I'd really lose as much vision as I did. I guess as well, when you are fully sighted, it's not something you think about, even when you're diagnosed, that I need to start really taking in the faces of loved ones and friends around me because it might be something that down the line I'm going to really miss. Yes, I agree. And that's one of the questions I've seen posed out there. Like, what would you do if you were going to lose your vision tomorrow? What would you do today? And, you know, People didn't say like, oh, I'd go walk on the beach. I'd go look at a beautiful rainbow. They said, I'd go look at my family photo albums. And I thought, yes, that's yes. I would have looked at my kids' faces like, uh, you know, incessantly. They would have been sick of me uh, if I'd have really known how much that was going to fade. I mean, I really would have gotten in, you know, literally gotten in their face and just looked at them so I could just capture those last few weeks of seeing their face. Well, of course, it's a very emotive subject and it's an emotive blog that you've written as well. The blog called You Can't Replace a Face. And you start that blog with the line, I miss my family and friends so much. A very powerful opening to one of the most honest, heartfelt, and I would say it's almost 
angry blogs that you've written. What drives you, Maria, to talk about these feelings? Well, that particular blog, I had been to a big family function um, and a, a friend of the family's wedding. And although I had a wonderful time and really enjoyed myself, I really came home and still felt this emptiness of not being able to see and connect with the family that I had seen. In turn, you know, I really did some soul searching and realized I still missed them terribly, although I was right next to them for an entire weekend. But when you can't do the eye contact or the, you know, just the facial expression, them giving you a smile with that nonverbal great to see you, you feel disconnected. So like I said, when I came home from this event, it really just poured out this blog. It just, it just almost wrote itself. And people don't understand that I haven't seen my own mother in a few years, my own children. I haven't made eye contact with anybody for uh-huh. three years. I can't look across the room and see a friend, you know, roll their eyes about something somebody said and go, oh yeah, I get what you're saying. Totally nonverbal doesn't happen. And that really started to make me sad. And like you said, a little bit angry and upset, but I thought, you know, I wanted people to know this is how I live my life. And although I see you, I don't really see you physically. And I miss the faces of my friends and family. And and again, out came the title again, which came out very quickly. You can't replace the face because you just can't. You just can't replace all of that for somebody who will never have a vision recovery. When you talk about the fact that you can blow up to sky high proportions, photos, but it's not the same. Right. And I am lucky that I do have some partial sight so that I am able to use very high powered magnification and I am thankful for that. Oh, you know, so incredibly thankful. In fact, I was just looking at some photos, uh, baby photos of my son, because it's his birthday today. Oh. And I wanted to post a photo of him. So I have my CCTV, which is a wonderful piece of equipment. And it allows you to look at things at, you know, like 90 times magnification. And I was sliding some of his baby photos under there. And I could see them blown up big as the sun, but I'd still sometimes have to ask my daughter, like, well, where does that look like we are? And and who's that next to me? But enough that I can go back in my mind and go, I remember that picture and, and I can still feel the feeling of, you know, my son as a baby and that kind of thing. It's just not the same. But don't get me wrong. I am so incredibly thankful. I do have some vision left that I can look at those kind of things. It's not easy, but I'll take it. And on occasions like this, your son's birthday, how has your lack of vision now changed the way that you actually form memories? Well, I kind of just store them more as, it's hard to explain, more like audio memories. For instance, my son doesn't live with us. He's in in the university. But when he comes home and my daughter and son are in another room and I can hear them talking and laughing and catching up, the laughter and their chatting back and forth, that's my memory. That's what makes me feel good. I could go and look at them and 
I, I can't see what they're doing. I might not even be able to see them if I'm too far, but I listened for the happiness, the joy, the hilarious comments they're making at each other or at me because they do that a lot. And that's the feel good in my heart. That's the memory. That's the feel good. And that's how I try to create the memories. It's more audio, laughter. I know people are happy. Now, there's also the other flip side, Chris, which is sadness. I walk by my daughter. I can't see. Maybe she's got tears rolling down her eyes. I really don't know. But as a mom, I can pick up on her vibe and, you know, hey, what's going on? And I can sit and listen and I don't have to see her face. But by the sound of her voice, how she's speaking to me, I can then tune into she's sad. I need to be comforting. And those are my cues. Again, audio cues that help me to know what's going on without looking at their faces. I suppose as well, because of the lack of vision, the fact that you're not taking as much from the facial expressions that they're giving you, it's much more of capturing the atmosphere as well as the audio cues. You're absolutely right, Chris. It's going into a room and you can just feel the vibe. I don't know how to explain it. And I think folks listening might understand it's the sixth sense you have and you can walk in a room and go, oh, there's something going on in here that's not good or walk in and you hear laughter and you're like, you automatically feel comfortable because it's fun and people are having a good time. So you you kind of can base your the situation on just listening when you enter any kind of environment. And that's kind of what you have to go with. Forget scanning with your vision like, what are people doing? What do they look like? Who's laughing? Who's not? Forget it. Not happening. It's simply going in and going, okay, I need to listen and get that feel for what the environment or the room is like. And that takes a lot of time to, to uh, master. And I still haven't <laughs> mastered it, but that takes a lot of time. A great thing about your blogs, Maria, especially such heartfelt ones as these, is that people can respond to you in the comment section. And I must say the response to this one was such an outpouring of support. I was actually getting quite emotional reading some of the comments on this blog. Does that help when you get the chance to express your feelings and to have people respond to them? You know, it really does. And I appreciate every comment, uh, every response, every reply that people give me. Because it does help to know that folks are understanding what I'm trying to say, but also any comments from someone who is also partially sighted or blind, they understand what I'm trying to say and they, you know, can feel that, yes, yes, this is what, this is how it is. And Overall, my blog has created so much love and support, not only for myself, but I think it's created love and support for others going through the same thing of unexpected vision loss. And I just adore every comment. I try to reply back as best that I can to everybody because I think that's important to let people know that I do read every comment. And if I don't get to it, it doesn't mean I didn't read it, but I do appreciate all the love and support that not only has this blog given me, but I appreciate the words of people telling me that they've felt the love and support from my blog, no matter how emotional the blog might be. And in fact, Chris, those are sometimes the most popular ones because it's the raw, real deal. There's no fake in this one, not at all. It's As you said, I poured it out and people 
connect to that and they want to know the ugly and the bad and the sad because I can put on the happy face all I want all day long, but you know, that's not the real truth because behind closed doors, it can be a much different story. And I'm I'm more than an open book when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I think my blog proves that for sure. Very much so. And I definitely think that a lot of RNIB listeners as well get that when they hear you speak, it is a chance for them to almost vicariously pour out their emotions through yourself because you are so honest. Well, thank you. And I've gotten a great response from the folks who listen to RNIB Connect Radio. And everyone's been very supportive, um, not only at RNIB, but the folks that listen, They the comments are, are great. And they, they do appreciate someone just throwing it out there like it is. And sometimes it's a little it's a little over the top, I admit. But you know, if I was feeling a little over the top, that's how I write it. You know, I, I don't really hold back. So that's one of the things people have actually said, like, wow, you just say it. I go, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I do edit, you know, so it doesn't get too out of hand. But I try and make it so that whether it's an emotional blog or an informational blog or maybe just an experience type of blog, I kind of do all angles of that. I think my blog's pretty well-rounded and, you know, I'm pretty proud of that. Well, I think many, many listeners and many readers of your blog would very much agree with you. And you do love when people get in touch with you, don't you, Maria? Oh, yes. What is the best way for people to follow you and to get in touch? They can find my blog at girlgoneblind.com. You can also find me on Facebook at girlgoneblind, on Twitter at girl underscore gone underscore blind, and on Instagram at girlgoneblind. Excellent. Well, it's been another fantastic 10 minutes with you, Maria. Thanks so much. And I look forward to speaking to you again. Well, thank you, Chris. It was great to talk with you as well. Thanks for joining us on RNIB Connect Radio.